Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit presenceoc.org. I tell a quick testimony. Last Sunday, um, uh, there was a, uh, one of our team members was up here. She came up and got prayer for her back pain. And, uh, and she had lower back pain. It was just really bad lately. Um, and, uh, and she was just really hurting. So we prayed for her. And I don't know, even know who prayed for her. I didn't. And um, just, just, just real quick prayers. And all the pain completely left. And even today, she's, she's still feeling really good. Come on. That's awesome. I know. Oh, man. That's amazing. God's healing people. I just want to encourage you to. He's doing it today. By the way, at any point in today's service, um, you, get to, you can be healed if, uh, if, if you have something that needs to be healed. I'll just say that. Cause... So let me welcome Chris up right now. This is, uh, uh, this is Chris, uh, one, of the, one of the amazing associate leaders here. Um, he's going he's gonna to share this today. He's going to bring an amazing word. And um, he's, he's, I have a lot of favorite people. Um, they're all on our team. And, and, uh, but Chris is awesome. I love him. He's been a friend for a long time. And um, I just, I love what he's going to bring. I love the love. He loves people. He's one of the greatest lovers I've ever met. He just is. And I, one time we were, we were walking around, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be keep it short. We were walking around, and, and, he, and he just, he, he walks away from me and goes to talk to these three people that we had never met. And, I'm like, and he comes back, and he says, you, do you know them? He says, no, I just really like people. And it's true. I'm just, every time I'm around him, he's just... He's just in love with people, and he loves to see him get set free and saved by Jesus. So um, with that, I'll just, I'll just give it to him, and he's going to take us. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks, Jesse. I appreciate that. Could you help me move this thing? Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. We got, this is an interesting pulpit, isn't it? I wonder what was on here last night. Uh, tonight, today, my Bible's on here. Um, yeah, it's perfect. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Maybe I'll move it in the middle. Is it better in the middle or is it better over there? What do you guys think? In the middle? Awesome. I uh, keep my Bible on my, uh, my iPhone because I left my favorite preaching Bible in the Middle East. We were ministering in a Shiite Muslim mosque preaching the gospel. and So somebody over there has my Bible. So I keep my written one at home. I keep the other one I can put in my pocket. If we start praying for folks, it's really convenient. So it's awesome to be with you. Um, as Jesse said, my name's Chris. I'm super honored to get to share with you this morning on Easter, Resurrection Sunday. Good news for you today. Jesus is alive. How many of you, uh, this is your first time. I, I know you raised it, but I didn't get to see you. Just put up your hand. So honored. Wow, look at all those hands. That's incredible. That's incredible. I know we got people visiting from Santa Barbara. We got people visiting from down in San Diego. It's awesome. People just drive all over to the place to be with family. It's great. Uh, be here at Presence. Uh, you guys enjoy worship. The presence of God is strong. Just enjoy being here together with you. So, yep, Jesus is epic. How about you flip with me to John chapter 19? I'll be sharing with you uh, just portion of scripture here through John 19 and 20. I'm just going to share a couple little quick stories with you that kind of illustrate some of what we're reading about. I love the word of God. It's living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, piercing to the vision of soul and spirit and joint and marrow. It's a discerner of thoughts and tents of the heart. All scriptures God breathed. I'm going to, I'm going to prove it to you in a moment. <laughs> 
This is uh, starting in verse 31 of John chapter 19. Then the Jews, because it was the day of preparation, so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was a high day, asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and then they might be taken away. Jesus had been crucified. He had spoken how he was going to go to the cross, how he was the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world as John spoke over him. He had declared that he was going, but no one really understood what that meant. His disciples had been following him for three years, walking with him, seeing miracles break out everywhere he went, seeing the dead even raised as Jesus would minister to them. Blind would see, deaf would hear, lame would walk. Those that had leprosy would be cleansed. Those that had demonic oppression would be set free. They're thinking that Jesus, their king, is going to be setting up an earthly kingdom, a place where people could dominate. The Israelites could dominate over the other nations that had taken over them, that had dominated them. But here they are watching the one they were hoping to be their king be rejected by the entire nation, rejected by the leaders, rejected so that only his mother, another woman, and the disciple whom he loved were there on that day at the cross. Everyone else had run away. Because it was about to be the whole day, they asked Pilate that those that were on the cross, that their legs might be broken so that they might be taken away. So soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man and the other who was crucified with him. But coming to Jesus, when they saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. Do you know why blood and water came out? Because Jesus died physically from an exploded heart. His passion, his love towards each and every one of us there on the cross John says, verse 36, these things came to pass, fulfill the scripture, not a bone of him shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierced. That's quoted from Zechariah, written 500 years before Christ, where it actually says that God would come to his people, he would pour out grace on his people, and they would look upon me whom they have pierced. Isn't that wild? If you guys want to read that later, it's Zechariah, I think it's chapter 10, verse 12. Isn't that wild? 500 years before this event was, took place, it was spoken about. That's why all of scriptures God breathed. I just proved it to you. <laughs> Sermon point number one. They took Jesus down from the cross. They laid him in a tomb. Verse one of chapter 20. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb. While it was still dark, the, word, uh, the name Mary actually means strength. So if you have that name, it's a good name to have. And saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb. We do not know where they have laid him. Peter and John run to the tomb. They find it empty. Mary has an encounter with an angel. Says the one you're looking for is not here. He's risen. Now go with me and I'm going to be finished here with the, the verses to verse 19. So it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, the disciples were there for fear of the Jews. 
And Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace be with you. The disciples are in a place where all of their hopes have been dashed to pieces. Remember the story, the disciples come to Jesus and say, hey, can I sit with you on your right hand, on your left when you're enthroned? And Jesus says, you guys have no idea what you're asking for. You guys have no idea what this whole kingdom thing's about. This whole kingdom thing is not about domination. It's about servanthood. It's about love. It's about greater love has no one than this, than he who would lay down his life for his friends. Who laid down his life for us? Your king, your God, whether you know it or not, died on a cross 2,000 years ago for your sins. He became your sin. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we would become the righteousness of God in him by believing. We're not ashamed of the gospel around here, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. But the gospel is not about your faith in God, it's about his faith in you. The gospel is not about your faith in God. It's about his faith in you. You see, Jesus Christ, who is God with skin on, saw your value before time began. He couldn't have imagined 2016 without you. He couldn't have imagined the world without you. He couldn't imagine the world without a fully alive, fully redeemed, fully set apart, and fully sanctified you. And when he went to the cross, he went to the cross in faith of your value before his father. Father went to the cross there in faith of your value too because they were joined. They are one in spirit. They are one in likeness. If you want to know what your father's like, your father is the type of person that will lay down his life for you. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news that daddy's not mad? I'm getting happy. I don't know if anybody else is. But the disciples are locked away in John chapter 20. Why are they locked away? Because everybody's rejected Jesus. Everybody's walked away. People, they they crucified him. Some people think that God crucified Jesus. It actually says that we did. (laughs) We rejected him. But he turned the greatest rejection of him into the place of his greatest acceptance of us. So the disciples are locked away. They're afraid. Anybody ever been there before? I've been there before. They're afraid. They're in unbelief. They're in a broken place. They're in a hopeless place. I heard Jesse preached on hope last week. A little bit about hope this morning, too, because Resurrection Day is about hope. I'm going to tell you uh, three stories of God's invasion of hope into hopeless situations. Is that okay with you guys? It's not going to take very long. I'm going to keep them quick. Story number one, um, I grew up in South Florida, uh, have great history there, have a great history with God there. Um, remember when I was 14 years old, God spoke to me. I was in the shower. He spoke to me and called me into ministry. Came out here to San Diego. At the time, I was totally not serving the Lord. I had a life filled with sin. I, I called myself a practical atheist. I was studying atheism in college. I was studying all kinds of goofy ideas. But God had a greater plan for me. And I remember I started being challenged to read the Bible. I came home and started reading the Bible every night after I'd go to party. I'd sit 
with a beer in the Bible. I don't recommend doing that still, but, but you can. God will still speak to you. His grace is bigger. His presence is bigger. And as I was reading through the word, God began to speak to me about my value before him and about what Jesus had done for me. The Holy Spirit began to convict me of my sin. He began to convict me of unbelief, of denying the Lord through my life, through my lifestyle, through my belief systems, when he had only just wanted to be my friend. Um, I surrendered my heart to the Lord in San Diego. It was 2004. Just had a radical encounter with the cross for two days on my apartment floor, just weeping. And I ended up going to a Bible study, and uh, Jessica was there. She was the Bible study leader at uh, San Diego there. And it was funny because I shared what God had been doing in my heart. And I was wearing this T-shirt, and it had a picture of a girl in a bikini on the back. And she said, yeah, so now that you're saved, you're going to get rid of that T-shirt, aren't you? I did. (laughs) Women are always right for anybody in the room that's married or about to be. This is my wife on the front row, Josie. She's my sweetheart. Um, Yeah, so God really came and really did a number on me. Uh, He began to speak to me about things he wanted to do. I just started reading the Bible and doing what it said. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, heal the sick. So we would just try stuff out. And it would actually work. You know, the Bible actually works. You know, if you're a Christian, you actually already believe in some pretty miraculous things. You believe that a man who is not merely a man was God in the flesh, walked among us, became your sin on a cross, died, was buried, resurrected from the dead, and ascended to heaven. Said you're forgiven of all your sins, gave you peace, did a ton of miracles, and all that happened about 8,000 miles from here, 2,000 years ago. If you're a Christian, you already believe in some pretty wild stuff. So to believe in miracles happening today is not a hard thing. You already believe. You come hardwired for faith. And love never fails. Um, this first story, uh, I got to pray with a gal. Um, my, my, dad's, uh, my dad's girlfriend had, uh, her daughter had, her name is Kimberly, and she'd been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. If anybody knows what that is, it's a horrible condition. It causes constant pain. She's told that she will never have children. Um, but God knows differently. He walks into impossible situations, and he turns them around. That's what this day is all about. That's what Resurrection Day is all about. That which is impossible being completely turned around. I ended up praying with Kimberly. I said, hey, Kimberly, can I just pray for you for like 30 seconds? You know, it doesn't have to be long. Just pray for you really quick. Pray for, don't know what happens. But six months later, she's pregnant, which is completely impossible. Completely impossible. Mind you, the, the, the types of scans they've done would show there's no room for a baby. She has a perfect pregnancy. She has a baby. She has two now. She didn't expect to actually get pregnant. You know, her and her boyfriend were like, this is crazy. We didn't even expect this to happen. They got married. God's working in their life. (laughs) It's incredible what God can do. You see, when Mary came to the tomb on that day, she came expecting there to be a blockage, a stone between her and the person that she loved. But the stone was rolled away. The stone was rolled away. Why was the stone rolled away? Because nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. There was an entire system of rules and regulations in the Old Covenant that said you had to follow all of this, and then, maybe then, you could experience God. 
But God was not invested in the system as much as he was in you. The system was merely a proof to show that you couldn't do it on your own. Every religion on the face of the planet is what you can do to try to get close to God. Christianity is what God has done to come to us in the man, Christ Jesus. God clothed himself in skin because there's no place he would rather be. You know, if, it, if, if we have a hard time believing in miracles today, Jesus wants to change the way we think. He said, surely you will not believe unless you see. John chapter 6. He wants to show his works. I got a blue light. It's like a supernatural light going on me right now. I can't see. I'm blinded by a light. Second story. Um, something happens when resurrection life starts to get a hold of you. You know, with God, nothing is impossible. When you start to see God move in miraculous ways, whether he's healed you emotionally, he's healed a friend emotionally, he's touched a life, he's transformed a life. I got a friend here, Rufus. God transformed your life. Got a friend named Chris. God transformed my life. Got a friend named Jesse. God transformed our lives. When you start to see transformation happen, impossible situations don't look so impossible anymore. Do you guys remember the uh, earthquake that happened in Haiti? in 2009, they called it hell on earth. As soon as I heard those words, I knew I had to go. I was at a church in Northern California. They ended up praying and they're like, we need to send a team. So a week and a half after the earthquake, they sent a team of us in there. We got to get in their special UN situation. We just got to go on the streets. We went half with a medical team and half with a miracle team. It was incredible stuff we saw. We'd, we'd pray for people. They would, get, uh, they would get tested by the medical team. The medical team would leave. They'd come back, and the person would be healed. There was a young boy there. Uh, he had broken his leg. He was broken his femur. Doctor tested him. She felt it. He's weeping. He's, he's writhing in pain like they're trying to hold him down. My friend reaches over and just touches his legs in Jesus' name, be whole. Stops crying. Doctor comes back, runs her fingers down the leg. She starts crying. She said, I looked at this leg a minute ago, five minutes ago, and I felt the break myself, and now it's whole. You see, impossible situations beg for the Savior. Your life begs for the Savior. Anybody have any impossible situations in their life? We were there, we were open air preaching on one of the streets one day, and we started just declaring, Jesus is alive, and Jesus is here. Now, that's truth. His name's Emmanuel, God with us, wherever you go. That's always true. Jesus is alive, and he's here. We started declaring those things. Jesus is here. A man starts screaming at us on the street. He says, Jesus is in here. Jesus is in heaven. You see, the ways of the world want to put Jesus over there, but the ways of the kingdom want to put Jesus right here. The kingdom of God is not over here or over there, but within us, with us, all around us. The kingdom of God is on earth as it is in heaven. We pointed at the man. We said, it, you've got a problem with your hip, don't you? One of the team, they got a word. They, they sensed something wrong with him. You've got a problem with your hip. He says, I do. I said, come here. As he walked towards the team, he was completely healed. Broke down weeping, gave his heart to Christ there on the street. I'm going to share a testimony over here and see if you guys get excited. Guy had a hurt hip, walked towards the team. Simply walking towards the presence of the Savior, he was healed. Okay, thank you. Feel free, you guys can get as excited as you want here this morning. Nobody ever gets kicked out of church for being too happy. 
We saw incredible miracles happen on the streets. Radical stuff was going on. Um, I remember one of the days we started doing a call. We said, bring us the blind. They brought us a man. Acid had been poured on his eyes. Twelve years ago, he had had acid poured on his eyes. He's in constant pain. He can't see. Eyes are completely white. We pray for him. All of the pain leaves, but he still doesn't see. I started just like crying. I said, God, like this isn't right. Like the blind see when you show up. And I started like taking this like weight on myself of like, oh, this is not like, my friend comes up to me, he says, knock it off. You don't take the glory for when it does happen. Why are you taking the burden for what you're not seeing yet? Why are we carrying burdens for things that Jesus carried on the cross? He wants the breakthrough more than we do. Am I preaching to anybody today? Is this okay? Just checking. Next day, we, we stumble across a situation where there's actually a woman laying out on the street. She had died. Um, it, it was crazy down there. I won't tell lots of details just to keep it PG. But um, we ended up, you know, just going there. And we're like, you know, Jesus commanded his disciples to raise the dead. Matthew chapter 10. He said, preach the gospel of the kingdom. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, raise the dead. Freely you've received, freely give. What does that mean? You actually have something to give people, him. So we're like, let's try this out. So we start praying. Hundreds of people start gathering around. They bring a blind woman while we're open air preaching. We put our hands on the blind woman's head. Take our hands off her head for just a moment to make a preaching point. She starts to scream. Now, mind you, didn't feel faith for her to be healed. Had hope. I'm like, God, you can do this. But didn't feel faith. Didn't feel like this extravagant explosion of life in me or all this stuff going on. But took our hands off of her. Why do I say our hands? Because I actually think we're one with Christ. I took our hands off of her. And as we did, she started to scream. I can see his mouth moving. He's wearing a black shirt. I guess she had been able to see it one time in her path. Everybody erupts. Hundreds of people receive miracles. Hundreds of people are getting born again on the streets. They're in a hopeless situation. Jesus goes into hopeless situations and brings resurrection life because that's who he is. Why? Because love can never fail. When love went into the grave, love had to come out because love can never fail. When love starts to move in your life, everything starts to turn around. Isn't that true, Brother Rob? Come on. <laughs> Almost done, last story. Our continuing past failure opens our eyes to God's goodness. Perseverance opens the eyes of the blind. I want to tell a story of uh, a sad day, but it gets really good at the end. Impossible situation, death. I'm driving home from a meeting, and I get a phone call from my dad. Um, My dad is emotional on the phone. He says, son, your grandpa's really sick. I said, what do you mean he's really sick? He says, he's really sick. He has cancer. I said, what do you mean? You've, nobody's ever told me. Nobody told me he has cancer. I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, we see cancer healed all the time. 
See, something happens, you start seeing the resurrected one active in your life, impossible situations look possible all the time. That's how you know your mind's being renewed. That's how you know repentance is having its full effect. I said, let's, let's get him on the phone. Let's call him. My dad's emotional. Get a phone call a few hours later. It's my dad's girlfriend on the phone. She says, Chris, your, your dad can't come to the phone. Um, your grandpa's gone. I said, what? How come nobody told me about this? He'd been in the hospital, cancer, super progressive. He was already dying in the process of dying. And then here he is. My grandpa passes away in that, that little hour span. And I sit there, and I'm broken inside, and I'm crying. And I said, God, this isn't right. Do you know that not everything that happens in the earth is God's will? That's why Jesus raised people from the dead. Jesus raised people from the dead. He ruined every funeral I ever went to, especially his own. Not everything that happens in the earth is God's will. That's why Jesus said, pray that your kingdom come, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I knew in that moment I needed strength. I needed to be around people that were strong. That's what the disciples did. They ran away. They're afraid, but they're like, you know what? We're stronger together. Let's go be around our brothers. We're stronger together. I said, I need to go be around my friend. I need to be around somebody that has faith right now. Anybody ever been on a day like that? You need to be around somebody that has faith. I went and got around somebody who has faith. I'm driving over my buddy's house, and suddenly I see a man and a woman together walking down the street holding hands. The man is bent over a cane. His spine is crooked. He looks like he's in his 50s. I come to find out he's in his mid-30s. He's been in multiple car accidents. His name's Walter. His girlfriend's name is Tabitha. I roll down the window of my car to have a conversation with him. And I see this guy bend over the can. I'm like, God, I know that you can make impossible situations change. I said, hey, you guys, come over to the car for a second. I'm a healer. Why do I say that? The healer lives with me, so you can call yourself a healer, I guess, you know. <laughs> they came over to the car kind of sheepish. They said, what do you got? I thought that was a very odd question, you know. I'm like... I'm a healer. I want to pray for you. They said, what do you got? And I'm like, I have Jesus and he can heal and he can do anything. He can make impossible situations turn around. They said, oh, I thought you said you were a dealer. (laughs) Begin to pray for Walter. Just begin to speak to the impossible situation. Begin to speak to his back. Crooked, bent over. His back starts to pop like popcorn. You could hear it with your ears. Crack, 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 crack. Tabitha starts to weep. They were down there because they were at the end of their rope. They were in a dark situation. They had no food to feed their children. They were walking in a situation of hopelessness and a situation of impossible, a situation of pain. I am in a place of hopelessness, in a place of brokenness, in a place of pain. But all of a sudden, the miracle worker, the resurrected one, shows up in our midst. I begin to point at Tabitha, and God spoke these words to me. He says, Chris, speak this over. Say that I'm giving birth to hope through her. I point at Tabitha. I said, God's giving birth to hope through you. She starts to scream. She says, I'm pregnant, and we're actually calling the baby Hope. 
John chapter 20, the disciples are gathered together. They're without hope. They're in fear. They have their walls up. Emotionally discouraged. Emotionally in unbelief. What does Jesus do? He walks through the wall. God wants to walk through impossible situations right now in this room. And I wanna, I wanna, uh, we want to pray for folks that are, that are feeling like they're in impossible situations right now. That impossible situation could be you're facing bankruptcy. That impossible situation could be cancer or a life-threatening disease. That impossible situation could be a marriage. That impossible situation, it, it can be anything. But we want to pray for folks right now. Um, I want to invite you, I want you to just stand on your feet and we're just going to, we're just going to pray. You don't need to be super detailed with this. I'm not looking for like a crazy explanation of what's impossible in your life right now, but I want you to share with somebody next to you one word, whether it's my family, health, finance, whatever it might be. I want you just to whisper that to somebody next to you, and then we're just going to pray for each other. Is that okay? If you want to be detailed, you can. If you want to be vulnerable, this is a safe place. Yeah, the Lord just spoke to me as you guys are sharing. There's someone here and you're physically not able to have children. And I feel like the Lord is actually opening your womb right now. God, we just bless what you're doing with that. I bless that woman, God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Somebody else, you have a blood disease. It's the result of sin that you've participated in. But the Lord Jesus is actually touching you right now. He's touching you right now. I just heard the Lord said he's healing fibromyalgia right now. We thank you for healing fibromyalgia. Yeah, just begin to pray for them. Just one at a time, just pray for them. Place a hand on their shoulder, a comfortable place like that. Just begin to speak life over them. Yeah, in Jesus' name, we just thank you that you are the resurrected one. You are the healer. You turn around hopeless situations. You release life everywhere you go. Just being reminded of a a meeting we were in where we prayed for people with food allergies. They had different food allergies going on. And, uh, And a man ran out of the room and he came back with a bag of almonds. And he started eating them while I'm preaching. And I said, what's going on? Are you like a healthy guy or something? He says, no. If I eat almonds, I have an allergic reaction. I said, what happens? I go into anaphylactic shock. I said, awesome. Like, how long does it take for that to happen? And he says, I'll know in about 30 seconds. He was completely healed. God, we just thank you for healing right now. I go to your doctor to get stuff tested or whatever. But I think that you're healing gluten intolerance right now. You're healing food intolerances right now all over the room. God, we just thank you for healing grace flowing right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.